Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Over in the main studio, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. I'm not sure there's a lot of worse feelings as a sports fan, sports viewer, than what I experienced last night when I said to myself, all right, I got a bunch of stuff I got to take care of with the kids, but I should be done in time for the second half of Celtics Sixers. Now, was really, was, that was like pushing me through all the, you know, kind of stuff I had to get done. I was like, all right, well, at the, at the other end of this, I'm going to get to watch the second half of the game. But I didn't want to record it and watch the whole thing. Like, I just wanted to watch, like, the second you half of the game. You wanted to watch some live sports. Yes. I wanted to be there with everyone else. So I didn't make it at the start of the third quarter. I got there, like, halfway through the third quarter, Jeffrey. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Turned it on and went, oh, come on. And then watched it for, like, you know, I was like, all right, well, maybe, you know, it was only, like, an 18-point lead at that point. I think right halfway through the third yeah. quarter, you know, it had gone from like it had gone from like, you know, seven or eight to up to eighteen. And I was like, all right, well, maybe you know, maybe the Sixers will close out the third quarter strong, and the fourth quarter will be something. Nope, it did not happen that way. Nope. And so, like, I was just left with the sportsless night. It was kind of de- it was kind of depressing. I mean, I, you know, we, I tr- they- tried to get into the the Vegas Edmonton game, but I was like, eh. That Couldn't game got kind of nuts, though. Yeah, no, I know. I should have stayed. But, like, I, I got, tried to get involved that was like, in the first period. That was like old school Big 12 football, but on, on ice. Yeah, it's true. They, they It was 1-1 after 10 yeah. minutes, and I was like, do I want to get in? Do I, What do I want to do here? And I, I went, I went uh, started watching Succession. <sighs> um, So just a disappointing sports I don't know, night. Don't you feel but, like those, I don't know. When you're in a sports mood, it's tough for me to like turn off. All right, I'm in sports mood. Let's go watch Succession. Well, it was I was just so disappointed with the whole Celtics Sixers experience. That's what I'm saying. Like when you when you know it's a sports night. I mean, this is this is this is on Adam Silver. He gets so much smoke blown up his ass for being the greatest. We should not have these nights where there's one freaking playoff game. Like not what? not until the conference finals. Yeah, yeah. and even then. Well, it's because they wanted to start 
you know, they needed they needed inventory for Saturday. Well, no, it's mainly Saturday. it's mainly because they didn't want to go up against the NFL draft. They they started oh, screwing around with the they yeah. started screwing around the first round of the NFL draft and even the second round really. Yeah, oh, and it was also they wanted stuff on Saturday night. If they hadn't started the second round, they wouldn't have had anything on Saturday night this past weekend because they put they are Saturday during the day. They had the Phoenix Denver game mm-hmm. one, and that kind of started the irregular schedule. But um, yeah, and now, but, it's, but we have back to back nights with one games. And this is I guess you're right. My mistake last night was not trying to salvage the night with some Edmonton Vegas action. Because the other problem is if it had been in Edmonton, I think I would have watched. I just like doesn't Edmonton and Winnipeg No, I like the Canadian they small, feel like, like the smaller feel, the smaller Canadian cities. I Calgary, agree. they feel I like they're say, another though, planet almost. Well the Vegas crowd feels like it's another planet too. They support the team. Like you but not only that, the like the show that goes with it. Before the game, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that thing is that thing's absolutely nuts. Six yeah, four. I should have stuck with it. But my problem is, we've got the exact same setup tonight. Yeah, we you've got, got another you got one. another game two where the team that won game one is on the road, and this is prime. All right, we got the split. Yes, I mean this is prime, kind of what the Lakers did against the Grizzlies. Correct. Um, no, I think you're right. At least this one starts later, so you, you know you you take up more of your night looking forward to it. At least, and, like, and at least it gets, this is like a blot in the third you quarter. Can go to bed. Yeah, yeah, it's like bedtime. Yeah, because it's a later game, so it's a little better than last night. Yeah, but I it I feel like we went from having something every day to like when I basically like you basically had like you could kind of tell that game was over at half like. Mm-hmm. Just the way, yeah, but you could talk, you could still talk yourself into it at halftime. <sighs> They're only down, it was single digits at halftime, barely. Yeah, but it was. I mean, yeah, I guess you could have, but it no, like I said, you're, you're right, though. My mistake, I'm glad we did this post mortem. Next time, I will stick with yeah, the hockey a little longer. That was my mistake. I mean, it's just we're, we're running out of days. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I gotta save, I gotta save her even the hockey games. Um, well, we got a lot to get to on today's show because while uh, while the NBA was kind of falling flat on its face in terms of action last night, um, Memphis basketball had an eventful evening, uh, both good and bad. I'd probably lean more towards bad, uh, probably at this point. But uh, uh, I wouldn't say good and bad. I would say bad and salvageable. Okay. Like that was that is the like I'm sorry you can spin zone that all you want that was getting at best Plan B. Yes, um, they uh, they had a notable recruiting miss and a uh, you know a reaction to it that uh, I think a lot of fans would say was underwhelming. So we'll get into it. It's Tasty Take Thursday. We got some Memphis basketball takes to fire off as well as uh, since our last show we've heard from Dylan Brooks's agent. And, uh, well, kind of, <laughs> sort of via Twitter. Um, we'll we'll get into that with some tasty take action here in a second. Uh, Two forty or so. Eric Hasseltine will, will join us. He's the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies on ninety two nine FM ESPN. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the end of the season, um, what's happened since the season ended, and uh, the off season ahead for the Memphis Grizzlies. Eric Asseltine will join us later this hour. 3 o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Uh, P. 
Here's that Alabama baseball uh, gambling uh, report from earlier in the week. Uh, it's got some legs to it, Jeffrey. Uh, the, it's either got legs or Greg Byrne used it to have legs. Yes. Um, the Alabama baseball coach has been fired, uh, so we'll dive into all the details there, what you need to know about what you know feels like the, the biggest gambling scandal college athletics has had in a while. I mean, you can make the argument probably since the Big East stuff, right? Maybe, yeah. We can. We'll, we'll debate it in the list. Also, uh, I mean, there is like an element of thank God it's college baseball, like, yeah, not college football or college hoops, like, yeah, you know or like I mean? March like, Madness, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll get into that. We'll also get you ready for big year for Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg Burns been busy with yeah. those statements. Well, a lot of statements. Um, we'll also get you ready for Lakers Warriors game two tonight. Um, and so on and so forth. And Jason Smith will join us at uh, 3.30. We'll get his thoughts on the Memphis basketball uh, roster situation. But let's start with that, Jeffrey. So what happened last night? Jaden Bradley, the Alabama transfer, who Memphis had in on a visit a couple weeks ago. Very positive outlook there. Like there was an ex- there was The thought was, okay, it's just a matter of time before he commits to Memphis. Yeah, this isn't the you know number one rec- transfer in the portal, but this is a guy who's a year removed from being a McDonald's All American. Can slot in as your starting point guard. Um, a guy with a lot of upside. It felt like as a transfer coming in, and he is, I think, becoming more representative of a lot of what we're seeing in the transfer portal, which is freshman, highly touted freshman, mm-hmm. went to a place, didn't get the playing time he wanted. And then becomes available again. It's mm-hmm. it's not like to me like that's a little bit more appealing of a transfer than trying to wade through the waters of you know the backup point guard at UCF. Well, that attractive transfer is going to Arizona, not Memphis. He announced last night he is committed and signed with Arizona to transfer there. So a big miss for Memphis. Subsequently, like literally within minutes of that announcement, Jalen Young the backup point guard from UCF uh, who Memphis had in on a visit, I believe, last week. He literally within minutes announced he had committed to Memphis. So Memphis does add a point guard, not the point guard they wanted. Very clearly, Jaden Bradley was, you know, plan A, and they went to plan B with Jalen Young, and it has subsequently, you know, there was already some growing concern about the state of the roster, um, given the transfer portal window is going to close soon. If you really, you know, you go look at David Cobb's top 40 transfer list, top 50 transfer list uh, over at CBSSports.com, you know, there's only a handful of guys left from that. Even today, Hunter Dickinson is now off the board. He committed to Kansas. Um, And so there's some growing concern of, well, the current roster Penny Hardaway's put together Looks like it's not NCAA tournament caliber, right? Would you, that's pretty much yeah. It's currently constructed. Yeah, I think that's fair. And losing Jaden Bradley. I mean, or, if you want to be the ultimate optimist, you could say fringe. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that does as currently constructed it does not look like a tournament. He has lost more than he has gained at this point. Yes. Um. And um. But they do have two open scholarships still, at least. And it's still May fourth. Um, here's my tasty take, Jeffrey, because I am gonna I'm gonna be the 
I, I'm going to take a, I don't know if an optimistic point of view is the right way to phrase it, but I'm just, I'm willing to give, I'm I'm willing to wait until Penny Hardaway tells us, all right, I'm done, this is my team for next year, to pass judgment on the team he puts together. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable position. You know, like, I get it. It doesn't seem great right now. There's not a ton of options that are, like, in front of us. But, you know, maybe he, you know, has a, you know, like, I would, I pointed this out on Twitter. I looked it up last night. The past two years, Penny Hardaway has gotten multiple players June 24th or beyond, like end of June or later. Last season, Keontae Kennedy didn't come into the fold until the end of June. And then Demarie Franklin didn't come till I believe the end of August or beginning of September, like right before right as school was starting. Um, and then the year before that, Amani Bates and Jalen Duran were like end of July. It was the golf tournament. Yeah, end of July, beginning of August when they when they got them. So, you know, if the past two years are any indication, he is capable of doing something beyond this date. Um, and so I'm just. I'm I'm like I said I'm I'm waiting to pass total judgment on the roster until I until Penny alerts us like okay I'm done this is the team I'm going to field this season um, but here's my tasty take at least he had a backup plan you know like I, I know people are like being critical of Jalen Young's commitment but like at least there was a backup plan I know it's it, you know a backup plan inherently is worse than the plan you actually wanted to work but. It'd be even worse if he like had no like. At least there is a point guard in the fold. I know it's not an impress like like I know ideally like right now Jalen Young could potentially be a starter on this team. That is not what you want, but at least there's something. Okay, devil's advocate. Would they've been better off just trying to convince Alex to come back for a year. Commence Alex? Yeah. Doesn't he still have one more COVID no, year? No, I don't think he. I think last year was his last. He couldn't come back. I thought Alex had one more COVID year. No, 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 no. This was his last year. He played four years, and then last year was the COVID year. I thought one of the years didn't count. No, it's not that it doesn't count. It's that you get an extra year. He got an extra year last year because he never redshirted. He, last year was his last year. It's Jaden who had the another. He's now technically using his COVID year because he redshirted as a freshman. Okay. I mean, no, they couldn't have brought by Lomax I mean, was I had guess, exhausted his eligibility. I think though, don't you feel like most of the most of the groaning it stems from the fact it's not even necessarily like oh, it's not like a betrayal of trust in Penny. It's the lack of options. Wouldn't you agree? Because. Now we're getting to the spot where, okay, you still have some guys that I think are in the draft process that obviously will probably not stay in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? There's probably going to be 10 to 15 of those. What would you well, suspect? they have to be in the portal by when. I don't know what that date is. It's in the next few days. They have to already be in the portal, technically. Right, but I mean, I think there's a lot of them that are in the portal, and yeah, they're, 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 not not doing the, they're not doing the recruiting thing right now because they're they're focusing on the draft. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have guys go through like the – it'll be after the combine in a couple weeks. And then I think after the, that whole process. the other option is reclassifies – and 
Mm-hmm. It feels like everyone's a little gun shy on getting reclassified. May 11th, by the way, is the last day you can enter the portal and be eligible for next season. So a week from today. Yes, so a week from today. So I, I think, though, don't you feel like most of it stems from it stems from the lack of options? I don't think it's necessarily people are like, oh, I don't trust Penny, but it's like, well, who's he going to go get? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I don't think it is wrong to be concerned. I'm just not I'm just not there yet. I'm going to wait and see when he like you know, obviously things have not go, gone exactly according to the script he wrote for this offseason. I yeah, think no, that I is I think that is pretty clear at this point. Um but at the same time I'm willing to give him like before I pass judgment on the roster, I'm willing to give him a chance to use all his scholarships and like see what he does here. See what happens with the Mikey Williams thing. Um, but it obviously, I think it is completely fair and reasonable and accurate to say this is not going according to plan right now. I mean, weirdly, does this mean that you're now more likely to wait out this Mikey thing? Oh, for sure. I think they're going to, yeah, I think that's, I think you will. They will. Um, I mean, provided it can, it can get done, but I mean, there's a lot of hurdles that have to go through first. Yeah. I mean, he's got it. He's got that June 29th preliminary hearing date that is the next big date do they have something does his lawyer have something worked out with that jurisdiction in which maybe he can plead to a lesser charge or something like that is this going all the way to trial in which case maybe you don't you know maybe then you do have to cut bait well I mean if it's going to trial you're gonna have to cut bait because there's no way a trial will start like immediately probably not but maybe you can make up as a there are a certain you know there are circumstances here where you can you know, appeal to the judge like, "Hey, this is he needs this sorted out for his college. Can we have this? Can we have this trial before September? Whatever. You know, like you can you can appeal for things like that. Special circumstances. And now the judge might say, "Well, that's his problem, not mine." Yeah. You know, like, should have thought about that before. <laughs> um, like that's very possible. But there's there's listen. I I think a lot of it. You know, how good is Mikey's lawyer? I think is a big question. Penny Hardaway and his staff should be asking, you know, like, you know, does he have good representation here who might be able to uh, get this charge lessened or lowered or, you know, whatever? We'll see. Um, but no, I think it's, but it, it very clearly was not, last night was not what you wanted from Memphis. And it felt like, I don't think it's like not a good look in the sense, like, I don't think Memphis missing on Jaden Bradley resonated nationally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, no, no, no. I don't. I, mean, I don't I'd think like people to... are going like, "Oh my God, Penny's lost his touch because he couldn't get Jaden Bradley." Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think that. I didn't see any. I did not see any memes online of Tommy Lloyd being Penny's and daddy. Like, I mean, I'm. I'm just gonna like Jaden Bradley is a better player than Jalen Young. There's no doubt <laughs> Hold about on. it. That is a tasty take. There is no doubt about it. He Give aver- us a warning next time. He averaged six point four points, three point one assists. Um. Shot 39.2% from the field, 31.8% from three-point range. Had a PER of 11.4 last year at Alabama. Arguably, I know they didn't. They they lost earlier than they would have liked in the tournament, but a top two or three team the entire season last yeah. year. Um, and he was a key role. They were player. the number one overall seed. Yes, key role player. Whereas Jalen Young averaged 4.5 points, so two points less per game. Two assists, so that's a, an assist less per game. Shot 37.3% from the field, which is two percent 
percentage points lower than Jaden Bradley. Now, did shoot 35.8% from three, which is better than Bradley. His PER, 10.1. So only 1.3 lower than Jaden Bradley. Like, I think there's a, there is a mistake being made in that I don't think Jalen Young is trash. I don't think just because he's not as he would he's not as good a pickup as Jaden Bradley. I don't think he's. I think he's going to be, if used in the proper role, if used as like your point guard off the bench, will be a really useful player for Memphis. Do you want me to play some spin doctors right now for you? Go for it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm just asking oh. if, if you want me to. I just I, mean, I just think like there's like people. Okay, but you you have to. Fundamentally, I said he's not as good a player as Jaden Bradley. Like you'd rather have Jaden Bradley over Jalen Young. It's one Very thing when clearly. a guy Memphis gets... wanted Jaden Bradley over Jalen Young. It's one thing when a guy gets his minutes cut on the number one team in the country. It's another when he gets his minutes cut on the seventh team in the AAC. Well, this guy didn't get his minutes cut. I mean, like, like he was. It was his first year of Division One basketball. He's a JUCO guy. Um, <laughs> not helping your case. Now, if you look, had a. Uh, I mean, if you really want to do the JUCO spin zone, everyone always knows with JUCOs, it's not the first year after yep. JUCO; yep. it's the second year. Mm-hmm. Poised for a big leap. Yeah, and and well, and he follows a pattern. Uh, the um, oh, excuse me, uh, where is it? Jalen Young. Let's see here. How did he play against Memphis, Jalen Young? I mean, we have to assume good. Well, he started the game that UCF won. Their point guard was out. Right. And he started. And let's see, how did he do in that game against Memphis? He seven points, only seven points, one assist, three rebounds in that game. Um, in that in that one, and then did nothing against him uh, in the conference tournament game. Um, oh, had a had a decent game at Memphis. Ten points off the bench uh, against uh, Memphis uh, on the road. The the game where. Uh, the game where Damari Franklin well, hit the miracle. And I was say, the game where, where Kendrick, Kendrick got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, there you go. <laughs> he, 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 he was probably one of the guys. Remember, like, Memphis was just in total disarray after Kendrick got hurt in that game for oh, a yeah. while. Like, he was maybe one of the guys, you know, playing I do pressure love defense. How, I love how Penny just uses conference plays like scouting opportunities. Eh, why not? I mean, you know, but... No, it's obviously a setback. I mean, I'm curious what your take is from this. Is it related to the fact that, you know, it appears what happened here is Jaden Bradley was seeking a certain NIL package and Memphis could not procure or produce that NIL package for him. That is is what the scuttlebutt is, essentially. It's not that he didn't want to come to Memphis. Like, even though Arizona is a program – that has been more successful lately than Memphis, even though in the tournament the last couple of years they've flamed out. Um, Memphis has never lost to a 15. Yes. They've had more regular season success, let's put it that way. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a, it's a good, Arizona is a top-notch program in college basketball. It seems to me this Jaden, if you had met hit Jaden Bradley's asking price, you were going to sign him. No, this felt, if like you lost, if, this felt like you lost the negotiation. I do think your take is completely reasonable. My biggest concern on this situation is it seems to me right now that Memphis is not the player that it had been in terms of NIL competitive packages. Mm -hmm. And that is a concern to me because, you know, 
We can bemoan it. We can uh, celebrate it, however you feel, anywhere in between. It is very obvious to me that an overwhelming majority of players are selecting the school based on the NIL deal. I mean, maybe there's a few exceptions of just love the school, mom and dad went there, or whatever. Maybe there's an exception. But that is clearly an exception. It still seems that most of this is being driven by the NIL package. And so it felt like for the last few years, Memphis was able to be pretty competitive in that in that space. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe no, we're... In back-to-back off-seasons, you got... Two of the top ten recruits in their class, you know, two of the top ten recruits in the country to come after reclassifying, and then the next year you got the number one transfer in the portal. And maybe it's entirely possible also that maybe Penny Penny does feel good about Mikey Williams, and you've got you've got money tied up there, and so you can't just sit there and say, "Well, I'm taking this out and going to go try and use this on someone else until I know one way or the other." I do think it is also important to note, as it pertains to recruiting with Penny, don't you feel like the circle has gotten smaller? In terms of Pen- like Penny's circle. Like I I'm I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's entirely possible that they may have a better plan than we realize, mm-hmm. but that the plan is just, you know, it's known by Penny and maybe one or two other people. I guess. I mean it's very Penny has made it a point he is handling all of the portal stuff this year. It like, seems like Penny's handling all recruiting, period. I don't think that's accurate. I do think there are other people in the program who are working the phones. and uh, Right, I, but I'm saying like Penny's taking the point, it sounds like to me. I think that's right, yeah. I, I think that's right. Um, in ter- I know this. I know when it comes to the portal, Penny is leading that charge through and through. Like, he, well, I mean, he, he, he made he, it a point he, that that's what he wanted to do. He mentioned in Columbus, like, you know, I didn't feel like on some of the guys that I had. I, I knew, knew him as well, well as I yeah. wanted it. I wanted to. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I like I said, it's May 4th. I'm just not ready to poo-poo his roster. You know, like, I want to see what else he does before I do that. I want to see how the Mikey thing turns out. I want to, you know, and I want to be clear. Like I'm not being doom and gloom. I just feel like I have been someone. It does feel like there needs to be another. Penny has adjusted several times during his tenure, and it feels like another sort of pivot, if you will, is coming here. I'll I'll say this. I feel like I have pretty much been the captain of. I'm not worried about the roster. Mm -hmm. Like he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah, I will admit. You were expecting it, them to get Jaden Bradley, correct? As was I. Yes. I thought, I thought they were gonna like. Let's just be clear. I thought, in my heart of hearts, the last couple of weeks when I was saying like, let's see how he does this. My assumption was, all right, they're gonna get Jaden Bradley, and they'll get a big. And if they do that, yeah, it won't be like a top twenty-five roster, but that'll be a roster where I can go another eight or nine seed. Yeah, like you know what? I think they can play their. You know, that's they they can make the NCAA tournament. Well, now they've missed on Jaden Bradley. That was un- to me that was unexpected, um, and it comes on the heels, frankly, of you see Tyler Johnson decommits and Jonathan Lawson transfers. Like your guard depth took a hit. 
You know, like you don't have a ton of guard depth, even if you have Mikey Williams, and that's a big if right now. Well, and I think then it begs the question. And, and that's why he took Jalen Young, by the way. I get it. It's it shoulda, coulda, woulda, but it's also like, okay, well, if Penny really would have thought that it was going to be, let's say, not that he, that it was going to be more of a fight for Jaden. Mm-hmm. Do do they lose all the guys they do? I mean, with Jonathan, maybe. It sounds like with Jonathan. It sounds like they, they, I think the Jonathan thing. Caught him by surprise. Caught him by surprise. I think they wanted, they were hoping to have Jonathan Lawson on the team next year. So, um, but do you maybe cut Tyler Johnson loose? Like, did, I guess it's fair to ask, did they cut Tyler Johnson loose too soon? I don't know if that was cut loose or he wanted a bigger role than what they could promise at this point. I thought now, the quotes were kind of like I haven't read the I didn't know he, he did he talk. It sounded to me like they cut him loose. Gotcha. That was my impression. But yeah, I mean they might have. I mean maybe if they that you know, but they probably cut him loose thinking they were getting Jaden. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um so it's uh it's a tricky much like the uh, much like the Memphis Grizzlies are having go, about to are going through a difficult off season, so too are the Memphis Tigers. Not impossible, not a not an off season you can't come out of necessarily looking okay or getting what you need, but it's just doesn't it, it's it's felt a little more difficult than previous years. You know, like two years ago, you had a decent roster coming back, and then you got the nice little summer surprise of Jalen Duran. And Amani Bates. Um, last year, they got Kendrick. By now, they had gotten Kendrick Davis, and like, even though it was a little dicey, you know, you lost Emmanuel Acott. You could always just go, "Well, we know they're going to have Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams." Like that, right there, makes them an NCAA tournament team potentially just by having those two guys. In this year, you just don't have that coming mm-hmm. back. You don't have that certainty coming back, and and it feels like it's been a little more of a struggle on the recruiting trail. Feels like both teams going to need some internal growth. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right, I got one. You ready? Okay. Dylan Brooks's agent isn't mm. throwing the sin off for me. Oh, interesting. He's, make, he's he's doing the type of thing that makes me makes me question him even more. So this is you're referring to. So Mike George is is Dylan's agent. I believe he's also. Kenny Lofton Jr.'s agent, and recently signed Kendrick Davis as well. He has a lot of the Canada guys, right? So he is, yes. So his background is he is the founder of CIA Bounce, which was a, I think still is, it's a the Nike Toronto team. And it was the first Canadian uh, AAU program to get a Nike deal. It stands for Christians in Action and then Bounce, obviously. Um, but... I remember him. I got to know him like 10 years ago, Mike George, because if you wanted to get to Andrew Wiggins, you had to get through Mike George. He wasn't an agent at that point. He was the doorkeeper. He was just the head of the AAU organization. But like you couldn't talk to you couldn't talk to Andrew Wiggins without and without Mike George approving you to talk to Andrew Wiggins. So he was his agent before he was his agent. (laughs) Yes. Um and then he obviously I mean and you know, in back-to-back drafts, Anthony Bennett went number one, and Andrew Wiggins went number one. And guess who was their agent and their AAU? Coach? Mike George. Mike George. Um, and so, and now he's got a he's got a huge client list. He, all, like a lot of the Canadian basketball players sign with him. Um, like Jamal Murray 
is one of his clients too. Um, but he's Dylan's agent, and he tweeted. I've got it. You ready? Yesterday, I've got it here. At he added Shams at Sham Sharania, the leader of spreading false news and attacking players. Why any player in the league talks to this guy blows my mind. Hashtag weirdo. That was quote tweeted on top of the uh, JJ Reddick clip from yesterday that we talked about with JJ Reddick um, saying uh, yeah, saying was, that Shams it was agenda driven media that uh, that put out the uh, Dylan Brooks stuff. So you have that very. Very clearly, uh, man, he couldn't be. He can't be the source. Look at him attack Shams. He went him publicly. He he went at him. He on even the called record. him a hashtag weirdo. Yeah, which that, by the way, that feels like a weird move. Well, then you go down. The hashtag weirdo feels like a weird move. He also though retweeted both Shannon Sharp's take on the situation was. This is some bull jive. They didn't lose to the Lakers because of what Dylan Brooks said. Grizzlies have bigger issues, and nobody talks more than Ja. Um, and it's like Shannon Sharp sounds off on the Grizzlies. He retweeted that. Also retweeted a clip of Steven Jackson saying it's BS how the Grizzlies treated Dylan Brooks. I guess when you compete against LeBron, everyone gets mad. Um, so we got those two retweets plus his direct attack on Sham Shrine. So He's playing both sides here, Jeffrey. Again, does not throw my scent off. I'm with you here. I, I, I think he's trying to pull a fast one mm-hmm. on us. I think I, Mike I, George yes. is trying to pull a fast one on us, trying to get us off the scent. I'm telling you right now, if I was the sources, if I was the source detective trying to sniff out sources, mm-hmm. I'd start. Be, Mike George would be coming into coming into the precinct for questioning. He's suspect number one. He'd be coming into the precinct for questioning. He is. Let me say this: He has moved out of person of interest to a suspect. We'd for have me. a search warrant for all his social media yes. accounts. Okay, we'd be we'd be looking up his text messages on his cell phone. Well, we're about to find out how good of an agent he is. How many burners he got? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, do you think he, like, coordinated that with Shams? Like, hey, Shams, just give me a heads up. I'm going to call you a weirdo, but it's just to get people off the scent. Oh, I think it's entirely possible you call up Shams and you go, hey, listen, man, here's what – you know the business. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to – I got to – I'll hook you up. When Jamal – when something happens with yeah, Jamal I'll, I'll, down I'll, the line, I'll, I'll hook I'll you up. I'll hit you back, but – Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. I'm, or, I mean, honestly, though, if you're an agent, I mean, if Ari Gold taught us anything – you get to say anything you want to other people, and as long as they want something from your client, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, we are starting to get some some logic uh, here in terms of Dylan Brooks's future. We le- less and less, fewer and fewer uh, Shanghai Sharks jokes, and more and more realizations that oh, like he's going to be an attractive free agent for someone this off season. We had we had Dan Devine on Jeff's show this morning, and. You know, he said, like, I put something out on Twitter, and he's like, you know, he was using the caveat of, like, this isn't indicative of the masses, but he's, like, a Sacramento fan, a Utah fan, a Rockets fan. He's like, there were, like, seven different fan bases. They're like, we'd take him right now. There are going to be plenty of teams willing to pay Dylan Brooks $10 million yeah. a year. He's not getting $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. It it feels like the mid-level exception. I'm on to Mike George. I... Suspect number one. Again, right. he he. I get it. There could be it could be other agents, 
other agents that were, you know, other agents of other players who got wind of this and passed along. I get it. That is a possibility. Me, Doth, think that the— I don't—, I don't this Mike Shea, Playing both sides? I don't know. No, this is the classic, me thinks the agent doth protest too much. <laughs> we're on to you, Mike yes. George. Better not— We uh, sniff it out. And listen, we're going to have to put up with this guy. He's representing Kendrick Davis— He's, you know, Kenny Lofton's agent. Like, it's not great that Kenny Lofton's agent is retweeting, like, anti-Grizzly stuff. To be clear, I love Kendrick Davis, and I enjoyed watching him play basketball. I'm not worried about Kendrick Davis's NBA future. Like, I hope he plays as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm not all that concerned about his agent being upset. As... I also think that, I think that we need to get away from, there's too much friction between player in teams now, I want to get back to the good old days. I want, as someone who watched Arliss, mm. I want the friction between the agents and the teams. Well, there sometimes is. I mean, There's there is, but it feels is. like it gets way more, it becomes way more of player versus team now. I blame LeBron for that, though. That's the, you know, the windy. He wants, he wants ownership uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're gonna get we're gonna get comfortable with Eric Hasseltine, voice oh, yeah. of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's gonna join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Eddie Gross here to help you beat the books with BetQL. After hitting the over in their Game 1 matchup, the BetQL model is going back to the overs for Game 2 in Lakers and Warriors tonight. L.A. and Golden State went over this number of 227 in the regular season matchup at Golden State as well, and so the BetQL model has over 227 in tonight's playoff game as a four-star best bet. I'm Eddie Gross. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game-day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you, with supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Lauren Choate with Choate's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Did you know Willis Carrier invented the modern air conditioning system in 1902? Since then, a lot has changed, but one thing that hasn't is being comfortable in your home. Choate's prides itself in creating the most comfort possible with each one of our customers' HVAC systems we install. We believe the best system on the market today is the Carrier Infinity System. It has the ability to save up to 50% or more on your utilities compared to your existing HVAC system. And is tailored to enhance your comfort with its state-of-the-art green speed technology. Right now, Carrier is offering up to 72 months, no interest financing, or rebates of up to $1,650 on a new Carrier Infinity system. Don't miss this limited time offer to have a more comfortable home. Give us a call today at 347-8086 or visit us at choateshvac.com for more information. Turn to the experts with Choates. And remember, 
Let our family serve your family. Let's make this a Mother's Day she will remember with Massage Envy. Let's give her time for her this year with a customized facial or relieve some of her tension and stress with a stretch session. At Massage Envy, we want to make a big deal out of her time with us. Customizable packages in Collierville at Carriage Crossing, the Germantown Collection at Poplar and Exeter, in Midtown on Union Avenue and on Germantown Parkway in Cordova. Or call 901-290-2234 today. Relax. It's Massage Envy Spa. Seedco, a national nonprofit, has served in the Memphis area and all over the Mid-South for over 15 years and is working to respond to the needs of our community. Seedco's Strong Fathers, Stronger Families program is designed specifically to help Mid-South dads build stronger father-child relationships and increase economic stability through education and job placement assistance. With Seedco's Strong Fathers, Stronger Families program, you're building healthy co-parent relationships. Dads are then able to support the growth and development of their children. So if you're a dad or even a father figure and you need a job or even help with child support payments, call Seedco today at 901-405-7882. That's 901-405-7882. Seedco is here to help with Seedco's Strong Fathers, Stronger Families program. For more information, visit seedco.org slash midsouthdads. That's seedco.org slash midsouthdads or call 901-405-7882. The NBA playoffs are here, and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash jsmith right now and place a $5 bet, and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, FanDuel's got great promotions every day. It's a safe, secure, fun-to-use app, and we've got some unbelievable second-round matchups to get in on the action with Celtics, Sixers, Nuggets, Suns. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than on America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com, again, slash Smith and sign up to get a $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and of 92.9 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. That's 1-800-889-9789. Hey, Memphis football fans, it's head coach Ryan Silverfield. We need you to commit to Memphis football today by purchasing season tickets. They start at just $99. Bring the entire family and come watch the 901's football team in action. Our players always talk about the support of Tiger Nation, and you truly make a difference each and every game when we run out of that tunnel. We want to see you at Memphis football game this year. Go Tigers, go. Recent weather taking a toll on your roof? A-Team Roofing has you covered, literally, with their 24-hour tarp service to stop further damage. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. A-TeamRoofers.com. This afternoon, a blend of clouds and sun with a high of 79. Weather brought to you by Total Wine & More. At Total Wine & More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals on amazing wines and spirits. Love what you find at the lowest prices only at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
everything that you'd ever seen with Miranda Lambert on it, I have my finger on pulse of what it is. Out of wind, I've seen every article of clothing. I've spent hours and hours sending inspirations. I've sent clothes that I love and fabrics, and I'm involved in every single garment that you see. It's important to me that it is an extension of my music, and it's an extension of who I am. I always want it to stay as honest as my music. Idlewind at Boot Barn. There comes a time every spring and summer where you look outside in Memphis and everything is colorful and blooming. Well, the same thing happens at O'Call, and that time has arrived. The spring and summer merchandise is here, and the whole store is blooming with color. Stop on by and see for yourself. Maybe you're planning for a spring trip, a return to the golf course, or wedding and graduation season. Or maybe you just want to celebrate the return of spring days, sunshine, and the playoffs. Whatever your inspiration, stop by and see your friends at O'Call. The whole place is blooming. Hey, who's my bird the Sunrise Buick GMC truck? Think about buying a new or used car or truck. Remember, the selection's better and the savings are bigger at Sunrise. Over 600 new cars and trucks to choose from. Factor rebates up to $1,000 and interest rates low as 2.9. Bad credit, it's okay. At Sunrise, we've got a financing plan for everybody. SunriseMemphis.com. We're saving you money. It's just the way you're doing business. Coming to Pike Wolfcase and Collierville. We make it fun to buy a car again. Check out the all-new Sunrise Truck Corral. Huge selection of nothing but trucks. All makes, all models, all prices, all trucks, all the time. Thanks to Sunrise Wolfcase. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Take playoff action to the next level with BetMGM, authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Sign up now and instantly receive $100 in bonus bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any NBA team with bonus code right 100 WRIGHT100. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and parlay selection features at your fingertips for every game. Download the app and sign up with bonus code right 100 to instantly get $100 in bonus bets. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for T's and C's. 21 or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. That music, of course, means we welcome to the program Eric Castletime, the Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play announcer. Kind enough to join us each and every Thursday. Eric, I'll ask you a hypothetical unknown. How do, you, how do you think that series goes if the Grizzlies do have – I'll say this. Forget Brandon Clark. They just have Steven Adams. Yeah, I know I, yeah, I know where this is going. Um, well, I mean, if I, if I want to sound like – A sore loser. By the team, which I am, um, I honestly think if they're healthy, they, they roll. I think having Brandon's athleticism – would have been huge, but just having Steven would have been massive. I mean, there's just so many things he does, and you think about the things that hurt the Grizzlies in that series. One of the biggest ones was giving up second-chance opportunities in a couple of the games. And, you know, let's, let's just throw game six out the window. For right. whatever reason, that went horribly wrong early on. However you want to put it, it, it was awful. I mean, there's just no way to put it other than that. Everybody felt the same way. I'm not saying anything I think is detrimental to the 
you know, uh, to the support of the team. They just they didn't play well. I mean, they had a bad game. So uh, let's throw that out of the window. The other five, you won two, and in those two that you won, you um, you know you you, you worked the glass right. You attacked yep. the rim, and um, there were opportunities in there. The three that you lost. I honestly believe if Steven Adams is in the game and the game where LeBron ties it and you go to overtime, he doesn't get to that side of the window. There's there's no way. There, you just have a bigger body. And obviously, like you said, it's hypothetical because you don't have – you don't know what happens in a screen and roll situation. You don't know where guys are or what foul trouble is at that point of the game. But if Steven Adams is in that game and that's in that situation, that late, that late game situation, I don't think the Grizzlies lose that game. So I think they get one back, and I think they get home court advantage for that. So just that one game makes a huge difference. Well, and it's interesting because it does not feel as if, based on Zach Kleiman's comments, Taylor Jenkins' comments after the season ended, that they are operating in a what-if universe, if you will. Like they are not using – you know, they're not saying, you know what, we would have won this series if we had Steven Adams and Brandon Clark and – you know, we, we're comfortable with the team we have. It's kind of the approach they took last offseason of, you know, like we lost to the Warriors, but like we didn't have John Morant for the last three games of the series. And they, in a lot of ways, kind of not even ran it back, but obviously they didn't make any major moves. I'm not saying there's right. going to be major moves this time, but it does feel like from the rhetoric we've heard, there's it's going to be more proactive than last year uh, in terms of what they do. How, how do you balance that, Eric, from your perspective of, you know what, this was a successful team by and large. They lost in the first round. Um, very clearly there's things separating it from being a true championship contender right now. At the same time, they were the second-best team in the West, and they had some key injuries that held them back. How, how do you balance that, those two, I guess, uh, thought processes? Well, I would say this. I think, one, you've heard through various reports, which aren't necessarily team-issued, um, that are issued by people that say they have sources, and, like, usually these sources are accurate, so just take it for what it's worth. But if they really are moving on from, uh, you know, a particular player, then they feel like they've got to make some changes in certain spots. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the details of all that just because that, that to me was surprising in that you usually don't hear that stuff. So whatever happened, happened. I'm not, I'm not here to talk, you know, or, or get into that, but you're right. Last year they were saying, Hey, we are right there. We were just missing our guy and our guy that scores 28 a game, not their impacts. What we do, it's not the impact of losing him and moving, let's say, Tyus Jones into the starting lineup. It's who backs up Tyus. You don't have, you know, with Tyus, you've got that backup. So with Steven and Brandon, you have enough bigs where you're saying, well, that, you know, maybe they're thinking we can't say that because we have enough bigs to do that. It's, it, it wasn't one particular position. You can multiple, you, know, you can use multiple people in those spots. So, um, I honestly think that they realized a couple of things. One, they're still young. They have some growing up to do, and that's just my opinion. And when I say growing up, these are grown men. I don't want to be 
if anything, it's disparaging to them. But winning in the NBA takes a certain level of understanding of what you need to do. And all you need to look at is from Christmas on, how many leads in the fourth quarter did they let go of? That was not something that happened with this team prior to this year. It was a weird anomaly, whatever the reason was, whatever they find out the reason to be, whether it was complacency, whether it was overconfidence, whatever it may have been, they let games go that they very easily could have won. And how many games did they finish out of top spot in the West? Two? Yeah, I believe so, right? Well, I think there were six or seven games we can all look at and go, yo, you probably should have won those and could have easily had the number one seed going away. Now, what does the number one seed get you? Minnesota. Okay. Does that mean that you roll Minnesota? No. But you got a Laker team that revamped their roster, was a much different team, a much better team than the first half of the season, and probably in their seat, the Golden State Warriors. And I, I, I refuse to believe all this. The regular season doesn't matter. If LeBron James tells you he's hurt, he's hurt. If he says, I need a night off, okay, that's, that's not caring as much about the regular season or – hey, he's legitimately saying, I'm tired. I don't want to get hurt playing tired, just giving you the old college try, as we used to call it. And I'd rather sacrifice one game here so I can play the next 10 out of 12. Not, you know, hey, my back is really messed up. i got to miss three weeks. That's, there's a difference. I think people manipulate this stuff because the league is different where guys play through injuries. There's more science. There's more to it. I know everybody wants to see their favorite player play every single game. Those days are gone. I mean, those days are just over. And I don't believe that teams don't value the regular season. What they don't value is a game in mid-February where a guy says, hey, I don't feel quite right. And they say, okay, well, then take tonight off. You know, in the end, though, a game or two can actually matter. Look at, look at the Grizzlies. They finished two games out of first place. That would have mattered. That would have been a different draw. That would have been a different side. That would have avoided the Lakers or possibly the Warriors or the Kings, whatever it may be. But they do matter. But in the end, being healthy at the end of the season matters too. We're seeing that. So I'm hearing all the talking heads going, oh, man, look at the Lakers and Warriors just disrespecting the regular season. I don't think they necessarily disrespected it. I have a hard time believing those guys weren't actually hurt. If they weren't actually hurt, then, yeah, they disrespected it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. But professional athletes want to compete. So if you're the Grizzlies, you go, okay, where can we get better? We have the third or fourth or whatever. The roster's changed so often. At the beginning of the year, they were in the five youngest teams in the league. The other four didn't make the playoffs. The Thunder, who were one of them, made a play-in tournament. But three of the other five didn't even get to there and didn't even come close. You not only made it into the playoffs, you were the two seed for the second year in a row with pretty much the same roster. So you see the value of where you're at. Now, do they need a veteran presence around them to say, hey, this is getting out of hand? Potentially. And there's two ways to think of it, as you know, I've told a couple other people, is you can look at it two ways. The Warriors built it organically, won a championship, and then they were able to get some free agents. One being Kevin Durant, pretty big free agent. Just happened to coincide with the league renegotiating their television deal and 
every owner getting a Brinks truck of money backed up to their house. And and don't and forget, Steph, Steph's was on that cheap deal because of the ankle issues. Yes. And on top of that, you have the NBA saying, hey, we're going to hand you $60 million, but you have to spend 30 of it. Perfect. We'll spend it on one guy. Other teams made their efforts. The team that actually did it right, other you know, unless you got a big name, was Gold or was uh, Denver. Denver didn't sign anybody, and they told their fans, "Hey, look, we made efforts. We didn't get the guy we want. We're not going to overpay for a Bismack Biombo or a Timothy Mozgov or a Luol Deng, who all got four-year, seventeen-per-year deals, which is what sixty-eight uh, million dollars." $72 million, whatever it was. They were outrageous deals. You're like, yo, those guys are good, but not great, not that kind of money. And they got that. And when they got that, they they realized, like, okay, we can't do this. And that's the thing. You can't do that stuff. you got to be smart with your money. And the Grizzlies have been smart with their money. But now you've got Ja and Jaron signed and Steven signed and Brandon signed and Tyus signed. And you need to re-sign Dez. So if these reports are true, you're telling a guy, hey, we've got these guys signed, and here's what, what happened. So you got to play the financials. So the Warriors built it organically. Again, I'm going back to this. And they were able to win championships. The team that built it organically and kept it within and didn't really go out and try to get a bunch of big names, they went out and got Bogdanovich, was Utah. They were the number one seed. They got upset. With that said, they had a chance. Everybody thought the year that they eliminated the Grizzlies, that was their year to go to the finals. Yeah. You just never know when you get to the playoffs. So unless you're built for long-term success, where you've got guys locked up long enough where, you know, we're going to make this work, it's not as easy as it seems. And so you're not L.A., you're not New York, you're not Chicago, you're not Miami, you're not one of these major market cities that can – even Dallas can grab a guy and go, hey, look, come be a part of this. You'll make, you know, all the money that you make in basketball, and you'll make your money on the side, but you're also going to live in this amazing place. You know, that's – it's nothing – I'm not trying to disparage Memphis, but, like, you got to sell people on Memphis and the fact that they're going to win. You know, you just got to – you have to do that. Because there's way more nightlife, there's way more everything else in terms of being a 27-year-old multimillionaire in other cities. Nothing against Memphis, because I love it here, and a lot of people do. But you've got to buy into the small market, tight-knit, work together in this. And for whatever reason this season for this team, that kind of trickled away just a smidge. they got to get back to that. they got to get back to believing we don't need to tell everybody it's us against the world. We just need to believe it and play that way. Does the result, let's say if the Lakers, if the Lakers knock off the Warriors, I mean, I don't know if they will, but, I mean, they've won game one. If they do knock they've off won the Warriors. By the way, they've won 25 series since 2000 where they've won game one. That was a ridiculous stat or whatever it is. Like they've won. Yeah, I think it was 23 straight, and then they beat. they obviously won 24 straight. I think that's what yeah, it was. Well, I think I think it counted the the Grizzly series. Like every every series they won game one since two thousand. I think it's twenty four or twenty five. Uh, when they've won game one, they've won. It's the longest streak in the history of the league. Okay, continue. Sorry. If if indeed the Warrior or big part, if indeed the Lakers make the Western Conference Finals, does it kind of change 
how you look at the postseason. You know, what I mean, how you know how you feel afterwards. Because I think it's one thing, like if you lose to the seven, you know, your two lose to the seven. But if you realize this team was, you know, a seven seed with an asterisk, like I feel like it maybe lessens the blow a little bit. It does, uh, because go back to when Golden State, before they had this run, made the playoffs for one time in 21 years, and they beat Dallas. And the next series against Utah, they got smoked. I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah. They won a game, but the other four that they lost, they weren't like competitive games. They were like Utah took control and just beat them down. But they beat Dallas. If Dallas wins that series, do they beat Utah and continue on? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe there were deficiencies there people didn't see. But especially for Memphis's image in terms of the national pundits, now – Every 